Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back to the show, the man to man pod. I'm yours truly, Darius Butler, the DB of the AB and DB. Uh, AB won't be making it today. He's got some family stuff he's taking care of, traveling. So we wish him obviously safe travels. He'll be back next week. And as usual, we're still going to have some fun together. We're going to rock together on this beautiful Monday, July 10th, 2023. Already July 10th. So you know what that means. First of all, first of all, it means it's hot as hell outside. I don't know about where you at. Woo! But boy, oh boy, it is steaming down here at the crib. And obviously, it's South Florida. It's always hot in South Florida, right? Always humid in South Florida, but man, <laughs> at golfing during the afternoon, shit out the window. Can't do it no more, cuz I'm a, a, a twilight golfer now. At this point, even I even get you know I even get out there and get a a, a try to get what what I did a seven seven oh three tee time, still blazing. So in the morning, so. Uh, yeah, too damn hot. Too damn hot right now. But when it's cold, we complain about it being too damn cold. At least y'all will. I won't. But, uh, hey, man, glad to be back on this beautiful Monday. I hope you got your 30. <laughs> Wearing a hoodie is crazy. So it's hot outside, Roscoe. But indoors, indoors, I keep my house at a good 70. 70 is the perfect temperature for me. In my home, okay? Me and my home, 70. We on 70, 72 maybe. What's the perfect temperature in y'all career, matter of fact? I would like to know. That light bill. I got to figure out how to get this light bill down a little bit, though. But 70 degrees is perfect in my home. So uh, 70 in the crib is always hoodie weather inside. But this hoodie outside, new, new, new. Not today, buddy. Not this week, not this month. But anyway, it's July, so you know what that means. No NFL still. <laughs> no NBA still, even though we do have some things to talk about with the NBA. and some. I guess they're figuring it out. They're adding some, some in-season tournament. We got some uh, hopefully future superstars made their debut in the summer league. So we got a little bit of NBA talk. We do have some NFL talk, even though it's not here yet. I'll dab in, uh, dabble into a little bit of the AFC North and their preseason odds. Um, and I'll wait till AB gets back for us to have that real conversation about it. But I'm definitely, we're definitely going to take a peek at those odds for the AFC North now. Real quick, you got 10 seconds to tell me who's in the AFC North. A little quick man to man qu quiz 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, all right, here you go. For those of you who didn't know, who's in the AFC North? That's the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Cincinnati Bengals. So we'll talk about the AFC North. Um, and uh, obviously, their, pre their, their previews, win totals, who's going to win it, who's favorite to win it, who's betting money where. And then once again, we'll have a deeper conversation once my guy AB gets back. A um, little bit of baseball talk today as well. And then, you know, since A.B.'s not here, 
<laughs> little bit of f1 talk too uh coming off the british grand prix um yeah like i said man i hope i hope you guys summer's going well uh those of you are parent those of you that who, who are parents with the kids at home i hope the kids are enjoying their summer enjoying sleeping in maybe staying up late uh you know doing some different fun activities trying to stay cool out there as well but um, summer's going great over here, um, and it's great to be back. You know, I'm glad you guys jumped on with the pod this morning. If you haven't got your 30 minutes in before, I mean, you could be on the treadmill. You could be on the stairmaster. You could be going to run, going for a walk, hitting some balls at the range right now with the pod in your ears. But if you haven't got your 30 minutes in yet to start your week off, Get it in after the show, man. Uh, so what else we got to talk about today? I guess we'll figure it out, you know, on the other side. It's going to be a good show. Uh, obviously, I'm flying solo today. So the interaction is welcome. The questions, the comments, the concerns are more than welcome. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a good day. I watched a lot of golf this weekend. John Deere Classic. Watch some of the DP Tour. Watch some of the LPGA out of golf, out of golf. But uh, yeah, I'll see y'all on the other side. Peace. So bad, must be the hustler in me that keep my foot on the gas. When you got it from nothing, then hard times ain't so bad. Just know I'm coming for everything that they said I couldn't have. I put my life inside it. Yeah, I kept it solid. Yeah, I played the field. That's how I feel about it. We put numbers on the board. We always up the score. Yeah, we stuck to the plan and never ran. Now they can't see man, man. Yeah, we talking. Man to man, they can't guard me. Man to man, they don't wanna see us Man to man, they don't know how to beat us Man to man way we can get it yeah let's go man um just some interesting comments already f, f the asc north damn we got beef with them Corey. i'm trashy i've seen you on twitter uh spamming anthony richardson till he comes on the show i don't know if that'll work or not but we would love to have anthony richardson on the show we'll have we'll start flowing some more guests through here um pretty soon Pretty soon. Uh, once again, the man to man pod presented by 
FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, hmm. Somebody said, let's talk F1 first. I may get to – I think we should get to these AFC North odds first since, once again, it's just going to be me and not really debating A, B with them. Uh, I may give my picks now as far as the over-under goes with the teams. Or should I wait? Yeah, I'll give them now. And then, obviously, we'll talk about where the money's being bet, which team – and stuff like that. Let's get right to it. What are we going to start with? Um, hmm. Hmm. Lamar Jackson, LJ8, the beautiful Ravens. They're over under win prop, win totals. Set at 10 and a half. LJ's been making a lot of waves for the last couple of weeks, doing a lot of positive things down here in the community, in the South Florida community. He is an absolute Broward County uh, legend off the field, on the field, become the highest paid quarterback uh, this offseason betting on himself. You know, he's obviously dealt with some injuries these last couple of years. He's won a unanimous MVP already. He's, you know, won a couple playoff games already. Not enough playoff success for, you know, for a lot of people. Um, but I think he makes a huge, huge jump this year with those weapons. These are hands down the best uh, weapons he's had in the NFL. Odell Beckham coming over. They paid him some, some 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 good money too. Coming off a year where he was fully rested, had a had a full season and off season to heal from that ACL surgery. Um, drafted Zay Flowers, who was wide receiver one for a lot of people in this draft. I like him a lot. Uh, coming out of Boston College, um, D Hop is still out there. He's still available. Maybe bring him in. You got that backfield. You got Mark Andrews. You got Isaiah Likely. You got Rashad Bateman. You got a new offensive coordinator. Greg Roman's out of the picture now. Greg Roman uh, was an offensive coordinator. Got an offense to a Super Bowl with uh, Colin Kaepernick when they lost Super Bowl to the Ravens. Um, but run heavy, tight end heavy. Not a lot of 11 personnel opening up, throwing the ball down the field. So we'll see if they're doing a little more of that this year. Uh, ten and a half wins. We know the Ravens win games, especially when Lamar Jackson's in there. Uh, very good head coach, also with hardball. With all that being said, I'm a that's high though. That's high. Ten and a half is, is tough, especially in that competitive division. And with all that being said, I'm gonna go down over there for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm gonna make that quick. I'm gonna go over. Baltimore Ravens win at least eleven games this upcoming season. Now out to the Cincinnati Bengals. Expectations are high. They've been high since they drafted Joe Burrow, the wonder kid out of LSU, fresh off a national championship, got hurt early in his career, has bounced back and been nothing but spectacular. I believe I saw on the Pat McAfee show the other day, he needs 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns to become maybe the second, third quarterback to do it. First one since Dan Marino in his first however many years. But Joe Burrow has been spectacular. A lot of people say he's got the best wide receiver court in the league. With Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. Um, lost lost a, some key defensive pieces, uh, starting with Jesse Bates on that uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So um, that that's, that's, that's a big deal for that defense. Um, but a lot of people believe safeties are replaceable, so we shall see. But they're over-under set at 11.5 and a half 
wins right now. That's high. That's a lot. Um, the Browns, I expect the Browns to be better this year. I expect the Steelers to be better this year. And we just talked about the Ravens, where I expect them to be. Um, so I'm going under. I'm going under with the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they right at that 11-win game, 11-win uh, total, I'm sorry, 11-and-a-half. Uh, so I, I would – this may move before the season, may move up before the season. We'll get into a little bit of where the money is on these teams. But I still like this team a lot. Obviously, still like the offense a lot. The defense with Luana Romo. He does a lot of different things with his defense to get the best out of the players that are on the field. Um, so it's a lot to love about this this team, and they've been on they've been kind of on this trajectory for the last few years. Um, but we shall see. I'm gonna go under though. I'm gonna go 11 wins. I'm gonna go 11 wins, and I think it's division is always close. But I think uh, Baltimore squeaks it out. Gets probably one more win. Maybe two more wins than the Bengals. Even though they struggle, that secondary gets torched when they face that team. Cleveland Browns over under nine and a half wins. Deshaun Watson will have a full season now, being a starter for offseason, getting the reps in with his um with his offense, defense <laughs> led by this monster that's on the screen, Miles Garrett. Well, a lot of people say is the best pass rusher in the league. Nine and a half wins. Shit. Oh, so God, they, they got they gave Newsom Newsom. I like Newsom a lot, especially in that slot. I like him on the outside, I like him in the slot as well. Denzel Ward can obviously ball. We got Delpit coming back. They did let go of John Johnson. This is tough. Mari Cooper, Chubb, good offensive line. Signs to Darius Smith, I believe. My dog Anthony Walker's back at linebacker. Ah, do we go under? I think we go under. I think we go under. I'm gonna put them right at nine. I'm gonna put them right at nine. Maybe we we uh revisit these over unders once AB's back. But I'm going right at nine right now. And it's nine and a half right in here, as you can see in the FanDuel Sportsbook. But I'm going right at nine. So I'm going under. So that's over for the Ravens, under for the Bengals, right at 11 wins. They had 11 and a half. And then for the Browns, I'm also going under. I'm going to put them right at nine. Steelers win total. If this guy right here can stay healthy. Huge, huge, huge impact on this defense and on his team as a whole the win-loss record with tj watt in the lineup um is obviously significantly different tj watt is a absolute monster over an over under set of eight and a half wins mike tomlin still hasn't had a losing season an eight win season would be losing so this is an easy over for me for the pittsburgh steelers Largely because of that reason with Mike Tomlin. But then Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett going to the second year. He showed some promise um, late in the season last year. They moved on from Chase Claypool. Sometimes it's addition by subtraction. Some other guys are going to get some more opportunities. George Pickens, 
needs to be more featured in this offense. Um, Love Muth, uh, Najee Harris, he he needs to have a big year in that backfield. Offensive line needs to kind of come together a little bit more. And then um, the Pittsburgh Steelers have always hung their hat on their defense. You signed Pat, uh, Patrick Peterson to kind of help shore up that, that, that back end a little bit. Patrick Peterson still playing some good football. Um, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, one of the best safeties, especially playing that deep part of the field or that robber, that intermediate, um, like digs and crossers, like that area, his instincts, his speed, his ball skills, all those things are um, really second to none at that safety position uh, in the league. So um, if their guys can stay healthy, I think they're primed for a better year. Not still not fully sold on Kenny Pickett, especially when you look at this division. The other quarterbacks in this division, I think they still have the fourth best quarterback in the division. That's the, that's the most important piece on the NFL team. Um, shit, all the other guys um, except Burrow. Burrow get paid next, but you got really three other max guys at that quarterback position. So, um, but I still see him winning over eight games. So Mike Tomlin does. So I'm going over. So over for the Steelers, over for the Ravens, under for the Browns, under for the Bengals as of right now. These are the odds for the division. Right now, the Bengals are favored at plus 130. Then comes the Baltimore Ravens, plus 250. That's, that's where I'm going to put my money. Ravens, plus 250 on July 10th. To win the AFC North, Browns plus three ninety, and the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at plus four seventy. These are the bets. These are the people that are betting the percentages. The people are betting on the AFC North to win it. The Pittsburgh Steelers—they got thirty-seven percent of the money on them. Why? Because they are the longest odds. People trying to make the most money makes sense. Then the Bengals at twenty-seven percent. Then the Browns at twenty percent. And then the Ravens at 16%. This is the handle for where the most money is being bet on teams. So you got the Bengals. I mean, sorry, the Steelers once again, 36% of the handle, 31% of the handle. The Browns at 18% of the handle. And the Ravens at 15% of the handle. Now, a lot of you out there over there, like, either watching or listening, what the is a handle what does the handle mean what does the handle mean in sports betting the handle is simply the total amount of money a sports book has accepted in bets on a game or period of time from betters this isn't the book's revenue on a given game or event the handle represents the total amount wager okay so look we got a little bit smarter already Listening to the Pizzot, man. So um, those are my picks. Let me make sure I write them down. <sighs> Ravens over. Steelers over. Bengals under. Browns under. Anybody disagree with me? Let's see. Let's check the comment. Oh, I see some over. I see some under. Kenny F and Pickett. Over if Watt stays healthy. Oh, God. <laughs> it is just a fact, Corey. 
You know, Tomlin doesn't he doesn't have losing seasons, which is absolutely insane. Um, but it's true. It is true. Um, a question popped up on my timeline uh, last night. Sticking with the football stuff until we move on. The top three pass rushers in the NFL. The 33rd team put this tweet out, actually. For those of you who don't know, 33rd team is comprised of former executives, maybe some current executives, too. Uh, NFL executives, NFL current and former head coaches, and former NFL players. Um, I've been on some of these calls. Um, you know, Mar you got Marvin Lewis on there. You got Rondé Barber I've seen on there. On the calls that I've I've been on, uh, Mike Tannebaum, uh, Chuck Pagano, um you know if you look up this it's a lot of lot of it's a wealth of knowledge on this 3013 that's some of the stuff they put out is a little outlandish maybe you just put out for, for for interactions and content or whatever like most people do in this um space but i thought this was a a, a good question especially for this time of year july 10. who are the best who are the three best edge rushers in the nfl now before i get to my answer I would like to see some of the, let me see some of y'all answers. The best three, the top three. Who are the top three pass rushers in the NFL? Um, don't have to rank them. I didn't rank them when I put mine up. But three definitely popped to mind quickly. And then based on my reactions on the Twitter, which I'm not sure how long that'll be around. But based on my reactions, it was definitely a name I forgot. And we just talked about him in that AFC North. It was definitely a name that would be on my list. He was coming off a healthy season. Um, but he wasn't on my uh, he wasn't on my list. From Dingus, Dingus RS, you got TJ Watt, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett. I'm not sure if that's in order or not, but that's a hell of a top three. G.I. Joe, 317, one of the day ones from the man-to-man -man pop. Bosa, I'm assuming that's Nick Bosa because he obviously got his brother, Joey Bosa, out there in L.A. But I'm going to assume that's Nick Bosa, T.J. Watt, and Micah Parsons. Another good list. Joey Bosa has the highest pass rush win percentage of anybody. Interesting. Nick Bosa, T.J. Watt, and homie from the Raiders. Homie from the Raiders. Max Crosby. Don't assume. Jensen, Nick Bosa, Garrett Parsons. So, Jerson, I'm sorry. Jerson Cerna. Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Michael Parsons. Yeah, Michael Parsons. That's what he meant. That was my three. So, we had the same three. I had Michael Parsons, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett. Everybody jumped to my back. Say, yo, you missing TJ Watt. You tripping. This is slander. How is this here? TJ Watt, Von Miller. Hey, I feel you. It's a lot of, if you look at this name, you look at this, this list. Oh, I mean, Hassan Reddick, unbelievable year. Matt Judon, unbelievable year last year. Von Miller, we know who Von Miller is. Brian Burns, 
Spider-Man, love him out of Carolina. Cam Jordan's been a dog with Sean Gary's on the uptick as well. People had a lot of questions about him early on in his career, and he's done nothing but get better year in, year out. Trey Hendrickson, not pretty, no gloves, just a workhorse, lunch pail guy, but he gets it done. Joey Bosa, got to stay healthy, absolute dog. Highsmith, Miss Dillers, I think that was a little bit of a reach, but Zadarius Smith, same. Um, good player, very productive. But I, I feel good with my top three. Michael Parsons, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, all freakishly um, athletic. Their motors are crazy. Um, and that's what I love in a pass rusher. Not only um, are they athletically gifted, but down in, down out, when they're in the field, they're going to give full effort, right? Because that a lot of pass rush, yes, it's about talent, but like Max Crosby. Max Crosby, talented. Don't get me wrong. Freakishly talented. Is I don't think he's as talented as Miles Garrett, as, as Micah Parsons, as Nick Bosa. I don't think he's just athletically as gifted as those guys. But when you combine his athletic gifts with his – he's probably got the – best motor in the league. Michael Parsons got him. All these guys got great motor. But Max Crosby, his motor is, is one of his separators. Like he every down, down in, down out, nine eighties getting after that quarterback with full effort. So if it was my team, if it was my defense, I would love having any most of these guys on the field, honestly. Uh once again, freakishly uh talented guys, but that motor, man. Like if I'm a coach, you, you should never have to coach effort, right? None of these guys, none of these great pass rushers over the years, most of you, you don't have to coach effort. You know, and these guys, it's a tough job, obviously. You're going against these very athletic tackles and getting a kick step and getting back, and obviously they know where their quarterback is for the most part. Um, but that motor, man, it's tough. So if, I, if it was my guy, if it was my defense, I may suck. You know, I may have my guys on the sideline a couple of drives, maybe first, maybe second down. Put them out there on third down if the team gets the first down, leave them out there for a few plays. But my elite pass rushers, I'm not I'm not having them out there um, every snap. We're playing 65 snaps a game. I want my elite pass rushers to kind of be around that 45, maybe 50 snaps of those games. On um, the Bills, they've done a great job of like rotating it, guys. Obviously, you got to have depth to do that because when you're putting in the backup. You want him to be able to hold his own as well. But um, Judon, Judon does, doesn't get the love he deserves. I think he does around the league, around the players. Uh, for a long time there last year, he, he was leading the league in sacks, actually. But um, love the celebration, his sack celebration. Absolutely love it. Love the red sleeves. Matt Judon is an absolute dog. What else we got, man? What else we got? We're going to talk some. AFC North. We talked some pass rushers. Let's see if we got any other NFL to get to before we move on. Nope, we don't. Let's get to basketball. Anybody been watching basketball? Probably. This chat. I'm going to go with props. Nah, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Victor. I gotta get I gotta get this name right, so I'm gonna keep trying. I gotta get the name right. He's the number one pick. He's an absolute alien, seven five, moving around like a guard. Obviously, a ton to work on. Got to get stronger. Got to figure out the NBA game, just like all these guys do. 
had a stinker of a of a debut, but then last night, um, you know, ball. I think they lost, but he played his ass off. Excuse me, and that's huge. That's what you want to see from your young players, especially number one pick. A lot of eyes, a lot of pressure, a lot of attention. Um, you know, being the number one pick and everything that comes with that. So for him to bounce back and have the type of game, even though it's in the summer league, for him to bounce back and have the type of game that he had, I believe, last night is uh is important. It's big because he could have easily just went into the dumps, the hadn't had more of a slump, and then had all these questions. Uh, once again, NBA Summer League is just that. It's the Summer League. But I remember watching Dwayne Wade, LeBron, and these guys make their Summer League debuts. And, like, the thing about it, when you're number one, number two, number three pick, you should easily, like, stand out. Oh, okay, that yep, that's the guy. Even if I never watched these guys in college, no clue who they are, that's the guy who's going to make plays when it's really uh, the real NBA gaze out. NBA guys out there. Uh, but Victor bounced back, had a great game. Uh, Victor Scoot, Scoot Henderson out in uh, Portland. Um, that was my guy from the jump. Like Scoot a lot. He looks like a like he's going to be a dog. Um, Brandon Miller, you know, he could show a little more. I like Brandon Miller, though. I like, I like him a lot coming out. These guys will grow. But Summer League is in full swing right now. And the NBA announced – the in-season tournament, uh, and they had – it was more details in this, but I didn't want to get all the way into it of the, the different teams, the, the, the different regions and all that stuff. I, I, I don't like it. I think it's dumb. Uh, players on a winning team will win 500000 each, which is big. Obviously, it's bigger for some than it is for others, but it is big. That's a nice chunk of change right there. Uh, players on a losing team of championship, 200,000 each players. Players on a losing team in semifinals, 100,000 each. Players on a losing team of the quarterfinals, $50,000 each. So that's the money, but I don't know uh, what the real incentive is here for, like, obviously the star players, especially because the issue that <laughs> the NBA is having, in my opinion, is the star players not playing in a lot of the games. And as an NBA fan, when you go and pay whatever you're paying to go and enjoy that game, you know, if you live in Indiana and, you know, LeBron or Steph or Kawhi or Embiid or um, Victor Wimbenyama, did I get it right? One of these guys is coming to your city to play. These players, these star players are mostly responsible for selling out these arenas. Not like football. Obviously, football, you know, if your star quarterback is hurt, ticket sales will probably be down. A lot of casuals that will show up to the game probably won't show up if, like, you know, a, a big star receiver is out or something like that. But for the most part, you know, that team, if you got a competitive team, if you got a good team, a team that that community is behind, they're going to be selling out these football games showing up. And basketball is different. It's very, very player-driven. That player is playing or if that player is not playing. I think that was the biggest issue with the NBA. I think maybe shorten the season a little bit from 82 games, maybe the 70, 75 games. It is soft, you know, because I grew up with, you know, dogs playing 82 games if they could. 80, 82 games. But um, to add an in-season tournament, I, I – I don't like it. I don't know how long it lasts. I do like the play-in tournament because it makes the end of the season more important. 
and it kind of extends the NBA playoffs, which is obviously the best part of the NBA season. Um, but the NBA in-season tournament, not a huge fan of it. Not a huge fan of it at all. But we got some uh, – that was our NBA talk for today. Um, let's see. Let's see. It's, I didn't see this yet. Uh, some breaking news. From, well, not breaking, but some news, some updated news just for the sports fan, especially the NFL fan to be educated on. Uh, this tweet from my at my sports update, Ari Mirov. He's always all over all of the football news. Players who were franchised this offseason have one week to finalize a long-term deal. I believe July 17th is a cutoff date. The four players, four main four players that we all know and love. And I'm sure if you're a fan of one of these teams, you'll like to see a long-term deal figured out sooner or later. We know our deadlines deadline spur action for the most part and uh we got a week right now for saquon bartley barkley running back for the new york giants to get under contract or he'll have to report and play under this one year franchise tag which nobody wants to do that especially a running back josh jacobs another running back out there and uh for the vegas raiders tony pollard will be the premier running back for the Dallas Cowboys. I think he gets his figured out. It's just my opinion based on Jerry Jones' history. And then tight end Evan Ingram, who had a great year last year um, with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. He's also um, trying to figure out and work out a long-term deal. If I had to guess who gets a deal done, I say Saquon gets a deal done. Got to have it. Got to have him. I saw reports coming out about Daniel Jones asked for top five quarterback money. 45, 47 a year, whatever it was, as he should, in my opinion, regardless of what we think about where he ranks in the NFL, or it's been a lot of guys that have been paid top five quarterback money that damn sure ain't top five quarterbacks. Um, you just strike when the iron's hot. When it's free agency, that's what you do, especially when you're a young quarterback playing the most important position in sports. You're damn right I asked for 47. Uh, but he got a good deal nonetheless. But I think Saquon's deal gets done. Not as sure about Josh Jacobs. Uh, you know, Josh McDaniels comes from that Belichick tree. So don't think they're going to pay a ton of money to a running back. That's just my opinion. I think Tony Pollard's deal gets done. Um, he's obviously had an injury last year to end this year, but he's expected to be back at full strength. An absolute dog. Um, it's obviously going to be a whole different ball game without Zeke there and him being really the bell cow of that offense carrying the ball and catching out of the backfield. So they got to take care of him, but I do think they pay him. Uh, Evan Ingram kind of 50, 50 on him, but he showed a lot last year. He, he, he was the player that a lot of people expect him to be coming into the draft um, on that offense with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a key piece. Um, even with adding Calvin, really that Jacksonville Jackson, that Jacksonville Jaguar offense is going to be, something special to watch. So I think at least two of those guys get long-term deals done. DeAndre Hopkins, another free agent that's out there. Him and Dalvin Cook is out there. Dal uh, Miami Dolphins reportedly still have a deal on the table for Dalvin Cook. They haven't made a more aggressive one. But based on reports from Mike Reese, shout out Mike Reese. I know him back from my New England days. The Titans have made wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins a more aggressive offer than the Patriots. Three teams have made contract offers to DeAndre Hopkins. 
So that's the Titans, the Patriots, and the Chiefs. So um, with him not being signed and it being July 10th, we may be see some action right before training camp. I'm sure one of these teams just have to up the ante a little bit, or D Hop would just have to cave in and play for um, you know, a, a number that he doesn't want to play for. But I saw him tweet recently that, you know, he's still a thousand yard receiver, and that's when he'll be done playing when he's not a thousand yard receiver. He talked about him being on pace for 1,400 yards, and this, that, and the third. He's only had one significant injury, according to D Hop, in his entire career. So, um, be interesting to see where he goes. I personally would love to see D Hop with the Baltimore Ravens. I think that would be a match made in heaven for him and Lamar Jackson. D Hop, let me tell you from a person that's played against DeAndre Hopkins a lot, right? We were in the same division for, I believe, four years, maybe five. Um, DeAndre Hopkins has never been the greatest route runner. DeAndre Hopkins has never been the fastest wide receiver. Even still, DeAndre Hopkins is almost always open. It's kind of like Grunt. Grunt wasn't the greatest route runner. Grunt wasn't a burner. But Grunt's and D-Hop's, their body control and their catch radius is what makes them special. So I do think in the right offense, in the right situation, DeAndre Hopkins can still be a special weapon because of those things. His hands, he probably wear three, four X glove catches everything you know back shoulder like you can be he wants you to be on him so he can give you that little nudge and basically rebound the ball away from you so if you add him with zay flowers and his skill set odell beckham and his skill set what i anticipate him being back to the odell that we saw on that field in la uh, on his way to win the super bowl mvp um zay flowers and then once again bateman is still kind of a question mark there to receive a position but you bring d hop in the mix and maybe they don't want to slow down Rashad Bateman's development. That's their draft pick. But D-Hop is definitely a variable, very uh, tangible weapon at that wide receiver position. So, yeah, I, I would uh, be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see where D-Hop ends up. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, man. Let me see. Let's get to a couple questions. Let's get to some of the questions. It could be about football, sports, or it could be about anything, honestly. Do, 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 do. Let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. I saw um <laughs> trashy. I think that's trashy McStoner. D Buck. What's your thoughts about the lady seeing a shapeshifter on the plane? You know what? That was an interesting video. But I didn't see the guy. I heard he, he had a, a vertical blink or something like that. I didn't see the guy. The lady felt very, um, she, she looked serious, all right? I'm not flying with it. That motherfucker that is not real. Y'all want to die with him? Y'all die with him. I'm sitting up there. I'm not certain. I'm not certain I wouldn't have got off that plane, but depending on where I was going, when I had to be there, why I had to be there, I would have probably flew back. But I would have definitely looked back like everybody else did to see the not real uh, MF or she was talking about. Um, 
But yeah, man, look. At this point in time, July 10th, 2023, I'm going to be honest with you. It ain't a lot of shit out there that would surprise me. Okay? I just leave it at that. It's a lot of stuff out there going on. This has nothing to do with this particular video. Not enough proof there. Not enough evidence. Didn't even see. I haven't even seen the guy. I don't know if you guys have. I haven't even seen the guy. Um, but there ain't a lot of shit out there that would absolutely shock me. I put it like that. Um, that was funny to see though. Uh, any other questions? Um, D but Dylan Green. D but you been Pac Man's four five one five. That was impressive. 39 Pac-Man got two years on me. Um, that was very impressive. Uh, I guess 448 that he was gonna run a 40 in, and I, I thought it was gonna be hand time. <laughs> Any athletes in here that are familiar with being timed on a hand time versus being timed on a laser, it's completely different. But Pac is still in great shape. I think his kids still uh, not not think I know his kids are, are are track stars, so he's at the track a lot. So I'm sure he still gets his track workouts in. Um, the track is always, I mean, uh, Pac-Man has always been a world class sprinter um, when, it, when it came to that. So we've seen Daryl Green run a four two four four or something like that at forty two. So it's possible. Uh, but the question is, would I beat four five one five? I don't know. I don't know. I'll be close to. I still think I'll be under four or five, but you know that could just be the the athlete and the confidence in me. Um, but I believe I would uh, be up under four or five. You know, I haven't ran full speed that far in a long time. I play basketball a lot. I still get up there. I'm still a rim grazer with ease. I can still pretty much do almost all the dunks at 37 that I could do when I was 27. Um, so I don't know. I honestly don't know if I'll ever run a 40 again, but that was very, very impressive uh by Pac-Man. And his hammy wasn't 100 percent either. So that's uh that's tough. We get into that, we get into the F1 stuff. Oh, don't you worry. I see some questions about the F1 stuff. Uh, question uh, question from SJ Mason. Debo, what was your routine leading into training camp? Did you take a break before or were you all in the entire time. So it's, it's funny you ask that, um, SJ Mason. I've been talking to some of my young guys going into the league, especially some rookies um, that I've connected with. Um, and, and, you know, they got questions. You know, what, what's your diet? What's your workout routine? What's this? How do you watch the film? How do you prepare for training camp? All these questions. And um, especially for a rookie going into training camp uh, is so important. I mean, for everybody, honestly. But especially for rookies because you don't really know what you don't know. So important for you to obviously train, be around other pros that are training. Um, depending on your body type, diet can be more or less important. Um, but I think you start to get your body used to pushing itself, pushing itself, pushing itself, especially in this type of weather. But then, uh, so where are we at? We're at July 10th right now. A lot of people report at the end of July. I would say right now you should be kind of ending your vacation, right? Maybe maybe to like the maybe two, three more days. 
and then you're back in it. Boom. So you got a full week of back in it, maybe another half week. Then you take a good break, probably four or five days taper off before training camp. And then because once you hit training camp, especially as a rookie, you're just going to continue one of the longest years you're ever going to have in your life because you had your your college football season. Then you went right to offseason. I mean, draft preparation. Then you went through that whole draft process. Um, and now you had this long six week break from mini camp to training camp, it's important. You do find your vacation, your relaxation time. You can't be, I don't think it's smart to be all in the whole time, working out, working. Nah, taking care of yourself, stretching, get massages, all these different things, rehab, all that stuff, taking care of your body. But as far as being out there running and sprinting and lifting hard every day, nah, you should definitely not be doing that. So you do, you should take at least a good two weeks off Still doing some light things here and there. Maybe if you're at, you know, you're at your resort, you're getting a little light lifting, light stretch, maybe a little run on the beach or something. But it is good for your mind and your body to take a nice little break, two, two and a half weeks, and then leading up to training camp, those two weeks leading up to training camp, making sure you back on point and then kind of hit that ground running. Um, but, yeah, it's different for everybody. Everybody's body's different, and as you – you know, a veteran, you kind of get your own routine, but that's what I would tell the young guys. I get to one more question. Hey, appreciate that. WR Carter Four. You're a real one. And I am uh, also excited to get back on PMS during the fall. Um, everything DB will be back. And uh, it's going to be exciting this year. It's going to be exciting to be, obviously, it's always exciting being on Pat's show. But now it's obviously going to be in front of a lot more eyes, have a lot more exposure. A lot of people worried about it being too different. I'm not worried about it at all to be the same show. Uh, and it'll just continue to get better. So I rock with you, W.R. Carter. <laughs> Who you taking in the fight? I'm not sure which fight you're talking about, but uh, do, 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 do. all right. I think, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that's it. If y'all got some more questions, hey, just hit me up on um on the Twitter. Or on the threads. How about the threads? How y'all feel about the threads? Do y'all have thread accounts? They're up to 100 and probably over 100 million at this point. Um, I don't see it in here, but how about them threads, huh? Are they going to take Twitter out? I obviously got my threads account. Um, pretty easy to just, you know, do it right on IG. Bring it, you know, some of your followers are easier for them to find you on there. Uh, it's kind of still at this, its beginning stage. I still don't have my, my GIF, GIF, whatever you call it, still don't have that button. That is critical, critical for me. Because I speak, I speak fluent GIF, GIF. A lot of times, you know, that's, that's the best reaction for something. You you say something crazy to me, you say, hey, it's not even worth it. Bop, bop, bop. See you that. Very important. Um, Zuck, got to get that part of it figured out. Also, the timeline's still a little funky. 
Um, you can still tell people. You can see a lot of people who I've been either following on Instagram and they don't have. It's a lot of people, a lot of people, especially in our in my age group who still have Instagram but don't have Twitter. I, I'm, I'm kind of one of those OG. I've been tweeting since 09. So that's that's my favorite social media platform. And Threads, I feel like it's somewhat of a combination of the both uh, of the two. And it's still very early on, but you got Instagram and you got Twitter kind of combined there. So some people I've been following on Instagram now seeing them talk a little more. Maybe I like it. Maybe I don't. You know, Twitter, I feel like it's more Hey, you hear what people say. You see what they're into. You hear opinions on things. You see them typing. You may see some, you know, they see motherfucker can't spell. That may, may be a, you know, maybe, ah. you know, but it's different. Twitter's different. And Instagram is just, you post a picture, you post a highlights, videos, reels. It's just two different platforms. So the uh, combination of the both has already been interesting. I think will continue to be interesting. But if there was any rival, that had the potential to take out Twitter, threads would be it. Because you already have the pool of people to just bring it right on over. So you're following the Instagram pro profile, you see the little number under it, boom, you click on it, it's easy to create yours. It it's just too easy. So already at 100 million users, um, I saw something this morning that said, um, it's rolling out in 100 countries. So if anyone was going to take out Twitter, it'll be them. Before I move on to this F1 stuff, sorry. Home run derbies tonight in the MLB. Missing some people we would love to have in there. Obviously, Judgey, Aaron Judge. We'd love to have in there. Otani, we would love to have Otani in there. But we got the polar bear, Pete Alonzo. He's a favorite. Plus 320, Vlad Guerrero Jr. plus 350. Who else do I know on this list? Mookie Betts, I obviously know him. He's plus 1800. I don't think he'll be winning this. Uh, Garcia, no Soto? Okay, I, I think one of the top two will win it. I'll go with the young guy. Peter, Peter Alonzo has won it a couple times already. I'm going with Vlad Guerrero Jr. plus 350 on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win it tonight. This guy is an absolute freak show. He's a go. He's the greatest of all time in my book. Babe Ruth. Sorry about it. Uh, Otani at the All-Star break. OPS first. The slugging percentage, I believe, first. Home runs first. Triples first. RBIs third. Hits eighth. Runs ninth. Batting average tenth. I don't even know what BAA is, but he's first in that too. Strikeouts fourth. Somebody tell me what BAA is, please. I mean, this guy, Jeff Passan, he put it out there. Let's be abundantly, abundantly clear about something. Babe Ruth never did anything like Otani is doing now, according to Jeff the Jet Passan on uh, Otani's last month. I mean, he's an absolute freak show. He's an absolute alien. He is what uh, baseball needs, I think, especially for uh the young people uh batting above average i believe is what baa is roscoe um you might have made that one up but i'm gonna rock with it because i'm ignorant of it too so if someone is here to correct him let me know and there is another 
It's another absolute freak show out there on the baseball diamond. This guy, Ellie Dela Cruz, out in Cincinnati. Now we got to get Dela Cruz out of Cincinnati. I mean, beautiful. I've been to Cincinnati a couple of times. Beautiful ballpark. Great baseball fans. Ain't nobody watching the rest, though. But Dela Cruz, he, he's going to bring him out to 6'5. Freak. This dude stole second, third, and home. Off again. Pitch down and in. Fade throw. There's no chance. And knowing that if he got a jump, he's going to What? I can't even do I tried to do it on MLB to show. Off again. Pitch down and in. Fade right throw. There's no chance. And knowing that if he got a jump, he's going to home. The athleticism, the confidence, the onions on this guy. Um, so these are some guys that we need to watch if you're watching uh, baseball at all. LSU had the number two and the number one overall pick in baseball. They're on a hell of a run right now as a university. LSU in 2023. Won the women's basketball title, won a natty. We remember that. Angel Reese, we remember that. Won the men's baseball national title and then had the first overall pick to the Pittsburgh Pirates and then the second overall pick to the Washington National with Paul Paul Skinness. Skins? Skinnies? Paul. Paulie, yes. And then Dylan Cruz, he went out there to the Washington Nationals. So shout out <clears throat> to those guys. And now, on to my favorite. On the F1, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I started this conversation maybe a year or some change ago. Um, Hold on. I think we have some correction. So batting average against, according to... Nakiba Walker. And that sounds a little more, that sounds a little more right to me. Mm. Batting average against. I figured it was a pitching stat and not a batting stat, but Nakiba may be our resident fact checker here on the man-to-man -man pod. Another day one. But um batting average against was the other thing that I mean, this dude is unbelievable. But F1 time, let's go. I would put this thing on, but it get hot in there quick. Had another parlay this weekend, didn't hit, so I hit the first one. I did not hit the second one, because um, <laughs> I did something I would never do again. I would absolutely never do again. You sit down there, the ninth and tenth place with uh, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sanz after having a great weekend in their Ferrari all weekend long. I mean, so the weekend. And F1 consists of, on Friday, you got your full practice one. On Friday, you also have your full practice two. So that's the guys just on the track, just laps, laps, lap, getting their tires, figuring out the tires, getting data, doing all this, right? And then, so you do that twice on Friday. On Saturday, you have a third full practice. Once again, laps, laps, laps. You're working out. You're trying to figure out, okay, what's the game plan for the Grand Prix? You know, how are the tires degrading on this surface with this weather? Uh, maybe it's wet during these days. Maybe it's dry. Maybe it's hot. You're working out all these different things, right? And then on Saturday, you have the third full practice and qualifying. Qualifying is three rounds. Three rounds of qualifying. Qualifying one, 
all 20 cars on the grid are a part of qualifying, right? Uh, boom. If you are in the bottom five and qualify one, out of there. So now we move on to quality two, the second phase of qualifying. So now you have 15 cars out there. So the track's a little more open, right? You got a little more space to get your time. The times typically get faster in qualifying two. Then boom, after qualifying two, you're the bottom five, you're out of there. So now we have quality three, the third round of qualifying. Now it's the 10 cars, right? So now wherever you end up from 20 to uh, 16 after the first one and 15 to 11, whatever, those guys are out there, know where they're going to line up on the grid for Sunday's race. And now you got the top 10. Now in qualifying three, it's only the top 10. And now you figure out who ends up where. The fastest time, that's pole position. Second time, those are the first two cars, right? So that's the front row, one and two. And you got three and four, three and four, and then so on and so on. That's the last round of qualifying, right? So we get to the race. Obviously, Max, he got pole position once again. Max Verstappen has been on an absolute tear. We know this. The Red Bull car is unbeatable right now, unless Checo Perez is driving. Perez, in the same car that Max, we think the same car that Max is driving, hasn't made it past qualifying one, the first round of qualifying, I believe, for five weeks in a row. So it's not just the car, it's also the driver. But anyway, uh, Max got pole position, so he got the first position. Lando Norris and the McLaren, who's had an unbelievable weekend and a great turnaround. They started the, the, the year off terribly. But Lando Norris, he ended up P2. And his rookie teammate, Oscar Piastri, rookie, ended up P3 to start the race in that McLaren. Um, but, yeah, it was a great race. I thought Lando Norris actually led the first couple laps. He took over the lead with Max Verstappen. Once that DRS kicked in, DRS drag reduction system, the wing opened up. The back of the car it gives you a little more speed boost, so it makes the car go about 8 to 10 miles per hour more faster. Red Bull obviously has the best DRS system, so that's kind of like their, their cheat code. It's kind of OP right now. But anyway, um, it is the, it's the pinnacle of motorsports. And obviously, if you're a new fan, honestly, I don't think the sport is for casual fans because if you're tuning in every Sunday, the Grand Prix, if the if, if there's no accidents, if the car goes full to Max and Red Bull are gonna win it, right? When they're when you have that, the engineers and the team on the same page, and the car and the driver is is perfectly married and matched up, probably gonna win. So for the casual fan, not great. When I get into something new. I kind of give it my first. I'm going all in, and I've been all in on F1. It was a very, very exciting race, in my opinion. Uh, once again, Lando looked great in his McLaren. Oscar Piastri looked great. He was on a run to make that podium, but Lewis Hamilton, Sir Lewis Hamilton, the GOAT, he went on a long stint on his first ride with those mediums, and then they had a safety car, and under the safety car, you can get a little more advantage. Getting a pit, you can almost get like a little free pit stop. So he ended, ended up getting the free pit stop based on where he was on the track when the safety car was deployed. So that helped him jump Oscar Piastri, the rookie. And he ended up beating him. Lance Stroll, he did his thing, not the car out of uh not the car out of the race. But I think it was a great race. This was how I finished in the top 10. Max Verstappen one, Lando Norris two, Sir Lewis Hamilton three. So it was the British Grand Prix, Lewis Hamilton and Lando Norris are both Brits. First time 
since 1999 where they had two Brits on the podium in the British Grand Prix. Oscar Piastri finished fourth. He's off to a great start in his rookie year. Um, George Russell in the Mercedes, he finished fifth. I like George the driver. Not a big fan of George. Not a fan of George Russell. I'm gonna be honest with you. Not a fan of George Russell. Like, and if you if you've been watching the the, the Grand Prix and you listen to him on the calls and the, you probably know why, but not a fan of George Russell. For example, you heard what I just said about Lewis Hamilton getting lucky, and that's a part of sports, right? Definitely part of racing. You get some fortune, you get some luck involved. Lewis Hamilton got lucky that he was in the right place on the track when the safety car came out. So he got that free pit stop. If he didn't, Piastri and McLaren probably ends up P3 on the podium. So after the race, George Russell's like, hey, man, you know, Piastri actually deserved to be on the podium. But Lewis has some fortune and got out there and got on and blah, blah, blah. But like, bro, then on the radio call during the, during the drive, he's like, yeah, where am I at? Where's Lewis? They tell him, oh, Lewis is up in, in three. Did Lewis pit already? Yeah, he did. Ah, oh, shit. All right. Let's, like, bro. I don't like, bro. I don't like, bro. I'm going to be honest with you. But this is a great race, um, nonetheless. Checo Perez, he ended up in sixth, even though he started 15th on the grid. Fernando Alonso, Alonso ended up in seventh. Albon, Alex Albon and the Williams, he had a great run as well. And then Williams all week long, all weekend long, uh, he ended up eighth. <laughs> in front of both Ferraris who my dumbass had on my parlay because I believe they started fourth and fifth on the grid, I think. Yeah, because it was Max, Lando, Oscar, I think Leclerc and Sands on the grid, and they both lost five spots in the race, man. But, um, man, never again. Uh, that's the epitome of gambling right there, putting two Ferraris on your ticket. So um, they had a great run, a great weekend. They had a great race the previous weekend in Austria. So I thought they'll pull something out, but they did not. But once again, uh, very exciting race. Uh, Red Bull has matched the all-time Formula One record by winning 11 consecutive races. This achievement equals the longstanding record set by McLaren in 1988, with Red Bull remaining... <laughs> undefeated this season so you see mclaren there 88 and red bull they have tied for 11 consecutive race wins ferrari did 10 back in 02 as well that mercedes did as well in 15 16 and 18 19 and red bull did 9 2013 2022 these are the driver standings after the british grand prix max verstappen clear clear of the group 90 points clear 255 points Next in line is Checo Perez, Sergio Checo Perez at 156 points. Then you got Fernando Alonso at 137. He's had, he had a great start to the year with that Aston Martin, I think three or four podiums in a row. And then he said after some updates, hey, every race after this, I'm going to be on the podium. He ain't been on the podium since. Uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton has closed that gap, 121 points. And Carlos Sands, George Russell, Charles Leclerc. Lance Stroll, Lando Norris, and Esteban Ocon. Hamilton with that podium. That was his 14th podium at Silverstone, which once again, that's his home track being a Brit. Most of any driver 
at any track. Uh, unbelievable stuff, man. And F1, they also shooting a movie. Joseph Kaczynski, the director from uh, Top Gun Maverick, and then the amazing producer Jerry Brockheimer, the also the producer from Maverick. They're shooting this movie, uh, this F1 movie with Brad Pitt and Damson Idris. And they were shooting, they were they have a car, they they were on the grid, they got a garage, they were actually on track this weekend. Um, and these are some of the shots from the movie that they were shooting. So I think this movie is gonna be pretty dope. I think it's gonna be obviously pretty realistic because they have, you know, the real. I don't know about you guys, but I hate watching movies and they got these fake ass teams and fake ass, you know, logos and stuff like that. So they're actually really on the track, really in these real places with the drivers and such. You can see Carlos Sands right there. You can see Max um, Perez. I'm not sure. I think that's Alonzo right there by Perez in that top picture. So I think this movie is going to be pretty dope. OK, Carlos Sands, let's see what you're doing, Carlos. I'm going to find those cameras. I ain't mad at you, playboy. I ain't mad at you, playboy. But yeah, man, that's um, that was pretty much F one this weekend. But I, once again, I I I enjoyed I enjoyed the hell out of it. I hit the boys in the group chat from the PMS show like, hey, send them something. I sent them something about Shakira being there, and basically the overall response I got from the guys was, D but we ain't watching that shit. We ain't watching it, D but. Fair. Fair enough. I will be. I'm in. I'm all in. This is my basketball is right there. You know, it's my second second favorite, but F1 is pushing. It's pushing it. I can watch golf all day now, but uh, obviously we got a big break from football season, so whenever that's going on, this F1 shit, man, just kind of filled that void. Just kind of filled that void. Um... But we shall see. Let's see if we got. Let's see if we got any questions. Somebody said, look, "So, Ferrari, man, so it's in my opinion, it's almost never the car, right? It's not the car. I think they got two good drivers. It's the strategy. I feel like it's always bad. Like Leclerc was the first person to pit in this race. He pitted for hard tires, which hard tires didn't end up being terrible, but." I mean, it was just bad. It was bad. Um, triplet mama, D-Butt, we need more college football. I, I, you know what? I'm just I'm not into it. I'm not into it like that, honestly. College football will be coming up soon. Um, but it's tough. It's tough. Not, not, not fully into it, triplet mama. Did get a chance to call a Peach Bowl last year with Georgia. In Ohio State, we were on the field for the mega cast for that. That was incredible. And then we were also on the field for the national championship out in SoFi Stadium. That beat down that Georgia put on TCU. Um, so I can watch the I can watch the games towards the end of the season, the conference championships, the playoffs. But um, you know, just a random Saturday, I want to watch, you know, Alabama or Georgia just hang 65 on the team. Uh, not really. But I'll try. My Yukon Huskies. We're back on the uptick. So hopefully we, you know, hopefully we get right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Appreciate y'all for rocking, man. Uh, as usual. 
as usual. Yeah, appreciate y'all, man. We're going to keep this thing going. We'll be back next week, July 17th. It's 11-11 right now, so make a wish. Um, and then, obviously, as the NFL rolls back around, as college football rolls back around, we'll be in training camp pretty soon here. Let me check Boston Connors' timeline to see how many days we have left until NFL football, 59 days till football, where I believe the Lions and the Chiefs kick it off. Um, so, yeah, 59 days, 59 days. The swing, Daryl Owens, the swing is coming together. So I don't know about you guys, but for me, performing athletically is you got to have a skill set. You got to have the reps. You got to have all that stuff. But it's in the mind, right? It's between the ears, especially with golf. And you can't think about everything, just like football, right? We had we used to have a saying as DBs. You see a little, you see a lot. You try to see a lot. Most of the times, you're not going to see shit, okay? So see a little, see a lot. And basically, that means if I'm lining up, and I got a, a let's say I'm in, in in cover two. I'm a cover two safety. I got to get to my landmark. Once that snap happens, I got to see number one, right? The widest receiver to my side. If I'm the left side safety, I got to see number one. I got to see if number one, the number one receiver, if he outside releases, which my corner shouldn't allow him to do, or if he inside releases. And that's going to impact how wide I get on my initial angle for my drop, right? If he inside releases, I don't need to get as wide. I need to get that depth, right? Because if he inside releases more times than not, he's going to run that corner route. I can go inside out, get off that hash, right? You heard that term. If he outside releases, now I got to get more width, right? Because now that quarterback can hit that whole shot. So I got to get more width so I can tack downhill and take his head off. So that's seeing a little, right? That's seeing my keys. Off a drop, I'm seeing number one, and then I'm getting back to see the quarterback on the throw, right? So that goes across all sports. You can't try – if I try to see the backside one or the backside two and the offensive line, if it's a run or a pass, if it's this or that, that's going to mess me up. I don't get a run pass key and cover two as a deep safety. That's not my responsibility. I'm not a run defender. So with golf – I try to make everything as close to football as possible. So when I get up over the golf ball, I need to have keys, right? So now at this point in the game, D. Owens, I get over the golf ball and I tell myself, <clears throat> chin up, boom, right? Because with my chin up, it gives my shoulder, you know, more space to come through. Chin up, mm. tempo, hey. Got to have good tempo in his backswing, right? Grip, grip, all that other stuff. I know I got my target, boom. Now I'm over the ball. Chin up. Boom. Got you, D-Buck. Hey, have some tempo, good tempo on that backswing. Boom. By that time, I'm doing my last little shimmy move. Be a little bit. And then, boom. Bow that wrist. Wrist. That wrist, it needs to be bowed. If you got a cup wrist, shank, shank. Bow that wrist. Boom. If I go to those through those three steps mentally before my swing, a lot of times I'm gonna get what I want out of it. Now, is it always gonna go where I want it to go? Right now, not so much. But if I'm getting clean contact and I'm getting my steps, boom, I'm seeing a little, 
Then I'm just focused on that ball. I want my divot in front of the ball. Those things. So slow and smooth, smooth is fast. I see you, G.I. Joe. So I'm getting there, though. I'm getting there for sure. Um, but, yeah, that was a little football talk, right? Gave y'all a little everything, DB, a little sneak, you know what I'm saying? We're going to be getting more and more of that as we get to late July, August, September. It's right around the corner, baby. 59 more days until the Lions face the Chiefs. I'm going to tell y'all right now, whatever the over is on that game, bet it. Lions score points. They score points. Um, and more importantly, Lit Nick, good question. Last F1 chat. Are you going to Vegas? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm going to Vegas. Are you kidding me? I will be in Vegas in the middle of football season. That's going to be a night race. It's going to be spectacular. Um, but appreciate y'all for rocking. Appreciate, appreciate the input. Um, you know, like the stream, do all that stuff. Tell somebody, tell a friend. Uh, listen to the pod on wherever you listen to your pods. Um, I appreciate y'all, man. Uh, it's been fun. Once again, this pod is presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, get your 30 minutes in, man. Get your 30 minutes in. And don't bullshit. You know, tell somebody. I don't know if any of y'all have connected off outside of the chat. But if you have, if it, if you connected with someone else in the man-to-man community, tell them, hey, man, I got some boxing today. I got a nice walk in today. I got a nice jog in. I went and played some hoops. I went and played pickleball. I went and played golf. I went for a swim. Great time to go for it. Hey, Siri, what's the weather like today? Thunderstorms are expected today. Daytime temperatures will hover around 95 degrees, with overnight lows around 79. All right. Thank you. Um... All right, so if I'm getting the pool, I got to get in now. But, uh, yeah, hey, have a great day, man. I'll see y'all um, next week. Same place, same time. Tell a friend to tell a friend. So bad, must be the hustler in me that keep my foot on the gas. When you got it from nothing, then hard times ain't so bad. Just know I'm coming for everything that they said I couldn't have. I put my life inside it. Yeah, I kept it silent. Yeah, I played the field. That's how I feel about it. We put numbers on the board. We always up the score. Yeah, we stuck to the plan and never ran. Now they can't see man, man. Yeah, we talking. Man to man, they can't guard me. Man to man, they don't wanna see us. Man to man, they don't know how to beat us. Man to man, 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 
Any way we can get it, baby. Any way we can get it. Hey, I saw somebody mention something about that sphere in Vegas. I think it's like a $2 billion sphere they got out there. Got me to thinking. Got my little noggin to going. Uh, I went and watched this movie called The Sphere. Sphere. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, Samuel Jackson. Ah. Uh, can't think of the lady's name. Um, damn. Dustin Hoffman, Samuel Jackson. I can't think of the other two um two main actors in the movie, but pretty good movie. And obviously interesting with everything that just went on with the uh the submarine, right? It's a submarine, they go down, they check out this Sharon. Sharon Stone? That sounds pretty correct. Sharon Stone. Uh, they go out and check out this this uh this craft that crashed. I don't want to give away too much of the movie. I would suggest you go watch it. I watched it on Amazon Prime. Um, so obviously it went, I think a thousand feet. I had to stay under there for some days, check out the joint. It's something to do with some aliens and say, hey, interesting movie. Go check it out. A little long, maybe two, two, two hours and 20 minutes. Uh, but go check that out. Go check out Black Mirror. Black Mirror's back out. Some interesting episodes there, too. Um, but yeah, good stuff, man. Uh, go get your 30 minutes in. Uh, enjoy time with your loved ones. Tell somebody you love them today. You know, starting with yourself. Look in the mirror and say, hey, love you, dude. Hey, I love you, girl. Tell yourself you love you today. All right. Uh, we going, man. I appreciate y'all as always.